Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Chanel Scott, and I'm filling in for Tammy tonight. It is every woman's right to choose who you want to marry. And while women date men for many different reasons, love isn't always at the top of our list. And let's be honest, ladies, sometimes it's not even on our list. <laughs> for many, relationships are simply a business arrangement. And for them, finding a man who can financially support them trumps love, but should it? So is it wrong for women to choose money over love? Let's talk about it. Please welcome author and love guru, Byron Jamal, actress and activist, Masika Kalisha, content creator, Tynesha Renee, and host of the Nice and Neat podcast, Jalan Webster. So Masika, which is more important, <laughs> marrying for love or money? Well, you know, I had a tweet about this not too long ago that went viral and a lot of people had opinions. So I think this is a great topic. Now, of course, you know, I don't think you can have a union that doesn't have love in it, but I don't know if that has to be the deciding factor or even the initial reason. If we go back to like most cultures and religions, people used to have arranged marriages, which I personally would not want myself, but you know, the older I get and the more I, you know, see the world and things, the more I realize why people had those things in place, you know, especially in today's age, we have a society where we're so selfish, we're self-centered, we're self-serving. People get married to serve yourself. Marriage is a selfless institution. It's something where two people are joining together, your lives, your businesses, your families, your community, and you're supposed to serve each other. The husband's supposed to serve the wife, the wife's supposed to serve the husband, and vice versa. I don't know what culture or religion you're from, but you know, the vast majority that I can see, the man is supposed to be the provider and the protector, the woman is supposed to be the nurturer, you know, who stays home takes care of the house. Now, again, with society today, those gender roles have changed quite a bit, but I still think that you have to have some sort of that foundation for things to be stable. Otherwise, if you have a bad day, you know, people file divorce for several reasons, but a lot of times I hear, oh, we just grew apart. We fell out of love. That's okay. so selfish. You know, you're supposed to be with somebody that you're working together with. And if we go back to men being the financial providers and making sure they're in a stable, their family is stable and women being the nurturer, then all the other problems you can overcome. If I know that my bills are paid, my house is provided for, the children have clothes, um, I don't have to worry about that. And you know that when you come home from work, your dinner is ready and, you know, all these things are prepared for you there's not too much else that we can't get past. Now, if I'm sitting up here saying, um, I had a bad day, we got in an argument, you know, I'm upset with you. I'm not, you're not serving my emotions today. Then we're doomed. Well, let's get the, let's get the male version. So Jalan, should women marry for love or money? You know, I think when you say, should women marry for love or money? I feel like that takes away the latter. Um, and I would say the latter in that would be love okay. to marry strictly for money. I don't think as Masika was saying, we trying to, we, we don't incorporate the caveats. Like you said, as long as the bills are paid, as long as the things are taken care of, I come, you come home and the home is taken care of and it's clean. But what about when you get sick? Okay. You know, what about when you're not able to take care of the things that you're supposed to take care of? And like, that's when your partner comes in and they're able to take care of those things for you through love. But if my job is taken care of and yours isn't, I'm able to look at it as a transaction and you didn't complete your transaction. So if right. I'm able to look at it as you're not completing your transaction, then I can leave whenever I get ready. So that longevity that you were speaking of is no longer there. Absolutely. Tynesha. What are your thoughts? Should women marry for love or money? 
I don't think that you can pick either one. I think it definitely has to be a mix of both. And it's so interesting because I, I agree with both points that were said so far. But one thing I will say about arranged marriages and why I don't think that they would work today, just thinking about the financial aspect, is that we had family units back then. We had family who vetted our spouses, our potential spouses, before we made that decision to commit. And so I think a lot of women are choosing men who might not in the end be good financial providers. They might not have a lot of the soft skills to nurture her emotions. And so I think we're kind of lacking in those areas. But I think you can't pick one without the other. I've been in love before. And in hindsight, when I look at these people, I'm like, oh, no, they could not have been my husband. Like, I can love you. <laughs> But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be my husband. And I think that men understand that a little bit more than women do. Women, we have a tendency to overlook some of the things that might be flaws or some of the things that men might be lacking. Men know pretty early on if a woman is wife material or not. So they can mm -hmm. date for 10 plus years. You'll never get a ring because they know that you're not a wife material to them. But we, send to, we seem to be lacking that aspect as women. Okay. And Mr. Byron. Yes, yes. <laughs> Should women marry for love or money? Well, I, I, going back to it, I, I definitely agree that you can't say or because both are natural components of a relationship. Uh, mm -hmm. Think about where you are in life. Uh, if you've come out of a bad divorce and you it left you financially scarred, then you mm -hmm. are looking more for money. Uh, you are looking for financial stability. If you're glossy-eyed and it's your first marriage and first relationship, then love is all you know because you've been watching the Disney movies and you believe that <laughs> everything is roses and fairy tales. Uh, and so it's it's where you are in life. It's where your experiences are in life. If you're in a space where you have a deeper need for something, then you're going to go after that. And I say go after what it is that you need in that moment to learn whatever lesson you need to learn more about yourself. Okay. Well, let's get a little bit deeper into it. So let's start with love. Is love enough to sustain a healthy relationship? Mm -hmm. oh. Oh. Who's thinking that? I don't mind jumping on that one. All right. Okay. Um, so love is just a sweetness of emotions. Mm -hmm. It is you meet someone, you encounter something, and you're in love. You love a moment, you love a memory, you love a person. And so it's just a sweetness of emotions. Look, I, I love the new car I bought. That That is a sweetness of emotions. When I go out and see it in the driveway that second day after I bought it, it's still the sweetness there. Now, a year later, that sweetness may get a little old because now I'm looking at other cars. So love can shift based on where the sweetness resides. Okay. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with that. You know, if I could quote the famous poet Tina Turner, she said, what's love got to do with it? <laughs> what's love but a secondhand emotion? And, Hello? You know, like, piggybacking on what Jalon and Byron both said, love is very important, but it is not the end-all, be-all, because that changes. Uh -huh. I love pizza. I love cheese. I don't eat it every day. I'll be fat and constipated. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, if we go back to the biblical sense, the Bible actually says that a woman actually doesn't have to love her husband. She has to respect her husband. A husband has to love his wife like God loves the church. If we're going back to the biblical sense, but we, I don't want to get too much into that because obviously everyone has different backgrounds, different beliefs, different religions. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, love is like the seasoning on the chicken. You know, <laughs> depending on the house you go to, the Thanksgiving dinner, it may not have that season. You come to my house, it got the season, it's going to taste good. But either way it goes, you know, you'll, you'll be fed. Um, so I, I do think that it's possible to have a relationship that's not built on love, but I don't know if it's possible to stay in that relationship if love does not grow. And then I think with respect and nurturing and you know taking care of each other, love will grow. And kind of like John said, you, you'll have bad days where you can't do you know, your service or whatever it is that you want to call it. And that's when you know the love kicks in. So no, I don't think that love um, is the most important thing, but it, you know, it is the seasoning. Okay. Yeah, love, is, love is love is interesting. Love is interesting because it is uh, it's very layered, and I say it's layered because we can talk about the feeling of love, but then we can actually talk about just the action. You know, it may be days where you you don't feel it, you're just not feeling it. You know, mm -hmm. but as long as you're committed to those actions at times, that is kind of what puts you back in it. I'll just compare it to working out. I go to the gym every day. Do I feel like it? No. 
I don't. Sometimes I work out mad. Sometimes <laughs> that is how I get through my workout. I work out mad, but yet I'm committed still to that workout. I'm committed to getting the job done. And I think when it comes to, we're speaking specifically about marriage, I think people's commitment and discipline is lacking in that space because we can look at the options and we can look at other things outside of the decision that we made and we deem it as valid. When in actuality, if you're committed to the decision that you made, that's where you stay. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That, that's, that was good. Tanisha, yes. what are your thoughts? Yes, you took the words out of my mouth. I feel like we're on the same wavelength. Uh, love, I think it's a feeling, but it's also an action. And kind of like Masika was saying earlier, where people say, you know, they fell out of love, something happened. I think that people wake up and they just don't want to choose their partner anymore. But when you look at some of the, the top reasons for divorce, and I, I've been looking at them because I want to be married one day and I want to make sure I avoid <laughs> some of these things, Okay. Uh, but affairs, finances, weight gain, poor communication, incompatibility, these are all things that I feel are a result of you not choosing the action of putting your partner first. Mm -hmm. So, for example, they said weight gain. Like, obviously, you know, you want your partner to be physically attractive, but if you are not confident within yourself, you might have insecurities in the relationship. But a lot of women nowadays, if you talk about staying in shape, being appealing to your partner, that's something that, oh my God, don't say that, that's offensive. I'm not supposed to look good for a man. And so when you have women who are already thinking from that mindset, you're already before you're married in that headspace that you're not waking up and choosing the action of keeping your partner happy. So Ooh. again, it has to be that feeling, but that action piece needs to be there as well. Let me ask you, what mm -hmm. are some reasons why a couple would decide to marry? <laughs> uh, there, there are quite a few reasons and uh, number one of them is for the financial stability you think mm. about the just the tax breaks that you get being married I mean marriage has so many incentives when you think about legally what you're able to do if the other person gets sick can you walk into that hospital room and make decisions if they're unable to? Uh, if you have kids, what kind of rights do you have with the with the child based on your, your marriage status? So legally, marriage is essential when it comes to the, the benefits that happens within the relationship. Now, I know people who are in long-term relationships, uh, but this show is about marriages. So we're, we're going to talk about the benefits of that. And, and that's why I think that marriages have the, the biggest benefit. When we come back, we'll continue with that conversation. Welcome back. I'm Chanel Scott, and I'm filling in for Tammy Mack tonight. If you are just joining me, we are talking about whether women should marry for love or for money. So, Jalon, can we talk about what we were discussing prior to the break? Should women, should women marry for love or for money? Is it wrong to marry for just money? Wrong is a strong word, but I'm going to go to what my man Byron said. He Depending on where people are at in their life, I think you have to be able to judge that. That's real important. I think that's the first step is being able to establish mm -hmm. to know what it is that you want. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say make a decision strictly out of the hurt that you've experienced from the last thing you've been through, though. And I say that because you may say, like, you know what? The last relationship I was in, my husband, he lost his job and we went broke and our relationship totally diminished. I'm not doing that again. That's fair to say you're not doing that, but let's not go to the polar end of the spectrum to where you say, let's fully eliminate the aspect of love and let's just focus on financial security because now you're focusing on your insecurities of what happened in your last situation. So if you're able to find the middle in that and you're able to be like, you know what? I don't want to experience the lack, but I do still want to experience the love because I think love is an innate thing that we all need as human beings. You'll never listen, be able to focus on the financial. I don't mean to interrupt you, but going into a marriage, mm -hmm. is it fair? It sh is it okay to choose a mate based on the fact that he's financially wealthy? Like, is that okay? That's the if only I thing you're looking at? Yeah, like, if that's like okay. the priority well, for me. Is that okay? Is it cool well, for me to do this? I'm, a, I'm just going to speak to my Black women right now. And <laughs> okay. I'm going to speak to my Black women right now. Right now, Black women are at a place where they are thriving more than ever. So for you to almost take a step back in society and choose a mate strictly because of their finances, and that's where you're finding your security in, I wouldn't say that. 
You know, it's so much opportunity out there. It's so many entrepreneur black women. It's the fastest growing group in in America right now as black women. So to be able to choose your partner strictly off their finances, I wouldn't say that. I think that'd be demeaning. Well, what if there's a woman that just wants to be a, ha- a housewife? Right. That's what fair. If, what if what if she's a great great nurturer? She's a great cook. She's great at being a, a wife and a partner, but she doesn't want to work. So is it wrong for her to no, just pick no, a partner no, based no. off that? Nah, it's, it's not wrong for her, but she also got to know what comes with that too. Right. And what what are you saying? What, come comes, with that? what comes with because it? Because what, what why do I have it? to sacrifice with other women fidelity or loyalty or being respected because you're the provider? You're provide if if not, and this is not my situation. I am married. I've been married for almost two years. And you know, it is very rewarding and very challenging putting two mm-hmm. completely different lives together who have two different backgrounds and coming on a common ground. You know, there's been plenty of days where, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm married to the best man in the universe. And there's other days where I'm like, you know, and those are the days that love cannot be the reason why I'm staying here. Cause there's days where you won't like your partner. There's days where you're going to feel like I don't even love your black ass, but you know, you, you do. And going back to what Jalan was saying, I think there's two different types of love. There's love that's a noun and there's love that's a verb. You know what I'm saying? Let's, you can have uh, the word and you can have the yeah. action. Um, let's separate so, out. The, exactly. uh, let's, let's separate out the love and commitment, though. Uh, Jamal was mentioning that earlier. Now, to your point, uh, Mishika, the, the truth is, is that love is not everything. Uh, commitment is not always attached to love, and love is not always attached to commitment. Let's, let, let me break that down True. by saying this. There are days when you fall out of the sweetness of that thing and you have to be committed to it, even if you don't want to do it. You mentioned working out, Jalon. So there are days when you don't love working out and there are days when you do. But you, the commitment is there. Sometimes money is the commitment or the deciding factor why commitment <laughs> is fasting, right? And so when, when love ebbs and flows in and out, the commitment is, well, I, I need the I need my, my kids to have a place to live. I need a place to live. I need a car to drive. I, I go to work not because I always like it or love it. I go sometimes simply because I need that check. Come on, let's be honest. So right. relationships and marriage are sometimes based on what you need out of it more than, you know, we so feel good and all lovey-dovey. Right. Tell me so, this, Byron, though. What yeah. is the difference between a gold digger and a woman who wants a man who can provide for all her needs? Yes. Yeah, a, go- right? a gold it's- digger is somebody who talks about the, the thing too much. Let's be honest. We all want it. Uh, we all want financial stability. The, the the gold digger is the one who goes in head first into the conversation about it. Like everything I, I is disagree. all about it. I disagree. With that. I disagree. I'm saying no. everything. Yeah. I don't uh, think that makes you a gold digger. I think that makes, well, I mean, it can, but I don't think that that's the, you know, because I want to know exactly what I'm dealing with too. I think the difference between a gold digger and a woman who wants something, you know, to be financially stable, the gold digger, they're only talking about what they want, their right. their demands. They're not talking about what they're giving. They don't yeah, care about exactly. what they give you. They want to get as much as they can before it's over, before it runs out and on to the next. A gold digger is just sucking and not returning. I think a woman or a person that wants financial stability and security in a relationship that actually has the right intentions, the difference is they're also, they also have things they want to bring to you. They also have things they want to give to you. Like, you know, I make a lot of money on my own. You know what I'm saying? So getting married, you know, my husband makes a lot of money as well. So it's like, okay, we, we, we're both financially stable, but I don't want to pay bills. So, Ms. You essentially, you're saying that it is okay because we're redefining gold digger, yeah. especially yeah. from my era. Because growing up, I always understood the gold digger as someone who wanted to be with a man because of who he was or what he had. Doesn't mean that they wasn't bringing anything to the table, but that was mm. just the whole point. But now we're saying today that it's okay to want to be with that man because of who he is or what he has. As long as we bring something to the table, then we're not necessarily a gold digger. Is that what I'm hearing? I I, kind of feel like that. I think relationships have to be exchanges. And I'm going to say an even exchange, but I don't think even means 50-50. Like, if you imagine you and your partner are walking a tightrope, you're on one and I'm on one, and we have a big beach ball that we're holding, and we have to get to the other end. I may waver this way, and you got to pick up my weights. It may be 70-30. You may waver this way and I got to pick up your way to maybe 2080. So like there, there, 
at the end of the day, you give 100% of what you can, I give 100% of what I can, then we're in a even killed relationship. Now, okay. when, when one person is trying to withhold this and withhold that and, you know, let me see how much I can get, that's when it turns into something toxic that's not going to last. Okay. When, so, I can, say do, something. can I chime in? Go ahead, um, yeah, so I, I guess just listening to this, it's interesting that we we see a gold digger as a woman who actually wants something in return because this will kind of be the equivalent. When we date men, we know that men want to have sex with us. When I go on a date with a man, I know that, you know, he might be interested in me for other things, but at the end of the day, he wants sex. Period. Okay, cool. That's great too. But I see this is the same as a woman saying, yes, I might like you for other things, but I want stability. I don't think don't there's any surprise when she's so we're defining the term gold digger today, guys. Just for the record, yeah, we are redefining it. Yeah. Yes, I, I didn't know that there was a previous definition, so you're teaching me something. <laughs> <laughs> I think the whole thing, I think both sides are real interesting. And where I could kind of find the holes in is Byron was talking about how. If it's a woman, and I'm assuming you meant a woman, I need a place to stay. I need somewhere for my children to live. I need this over my head. And it's like, okay, cool. So this is what I'm looking for. And my thing is, if you're in that space of like, this is this is strictly what I'm looking for, and you create it to be completely transactional, when that person decides to be like, you know what, I can go have this transaction somewhere else easily, no problem. What what? Where is where is the the wherewithal? Where's the where's the fight come from? Because to me, when I use love, obviously love isn't the end all be all, but love was essentially be the anchor. That would essentially be the foundation. Everything else would be built on top of that. Where would the the I know that it's certain love that I'll never be able to get somewhere else. And if you guys have felt that, y'all felt that. But as far as somebody who got finances, you can find that. As far as sleeping with a woman, you can find that. All those things that we're talking about, we can actually find. And when we're having this conversation, speaking of should you marry for love or for money, as Byron said, I feel like the question is a little misplaced. But if we're speaking to one side and we had to choose one side, I am curious to know mm. when you say, you know what, money will be it for me. What will make you feel comfortable as a woman, both of you women, what will make you feel comfortable for my sisters? I would want to know where you guys feel comfortable in that space to just be like money is where it's at. What do wow. you rephrase your question? What would make us feel comfortable about what exactly? If you had to choose each one side of each, money or love, what would make you say, you know what, I'm gonna choose money? Anisha, before you answer that question, <laughs> right back from break. <laughs> Welcome back. Before we went to break, we was talking to, J- to Jalan about what would be more comfortable in choosing love over money. So Tanisha, I wanted to give you an opportunity to answer that question. With choosing love over money or money right. over what love. More comfortable for you. Mm-hmm. Money, I think uh, money over love, I think you said, yeah. It's money yeah. over love, right? Yeah, okay. So I think a lot of it depends on where I am in life and how I can provide for myself. So that's a big thing. Um, if I feel like I'm in a space where I'm struggle busting, then yeah, I might pick someone who can provide me with some stability more so than the love aspect. Um, I also think another thing too is uh, just being real about your biological clock thinking about realistically as you age what options are going to be out there and so maybe some women when they're younger they're a little bit more flexible in either regard and they're like okay I have all the time in the world to stay with this person I have options I can go on later on but as a woman gets older I do believe that she might be a little bit more intentional um, so in that regard, I think that as women age, at least from what I've seen, you guys can tell me if you agree or not, women might start off wanting men who give them all the superficial qualities as they're younger. And then as they get older, they want someone who might be able to provide more of the love aspect because they start thinking about family, biological clock, hitting the wall, as they say, all those messages that we get as we get older. that. Okay, so if I if if I couldn't choose both and I had to only pick love or money, um, mm-hmm. I would pick the financial stability and security for a couple different reasons. One, again, going back to like the idea of an arranged marriage, again, I I do agree that society is very different. We don't have the same family structure that we had in place where families were, you know, really vetting these people out. But still, we had two complete strangers that didn't know 
each other most of the time. Now, sometimes they met before, but from what I understand, usually that didn't happen. Today, there's still 20 million people in arranged marriages, and there's the success rate of divorce is the exact same as it is with, with marriages that weren't arranged. So it's, it's still something that happens. You don't know this person. All you do, you come together and you start figuring out how to build your business, your institution, your family. You know, some of the things that Byron was talking about earlier, your legacy, your children, your assets, finances. You know, I'm a stock market guru. So I'm, I'm really big on, you know, your life insurance policy, your trust, your will, you know, who are you leaving your assets to, your legacy and, and things like that. When we start to talk about family and not like the selfish aspect of how I feel, my serving myself, my emotions, if you're with a partner that also, you know, uh, understands those things and and knows how to provide and take care of those children, there's no, I'm not going to say there's no way, but, you know, it's, it's close to impossible to not love that person when you see how they go for you and how they provide for their family. You know, it's a natural thing, especially as a woman, to just fall in love with that person. So, Masika, let me ask you this. Is it difficult for a Black woman to marry a successful Black man? Hmm. I think it's difficult to marry, period. I mean, honestly, especially in today's day and age, you know, where literally you have access to people with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of these things, men and women have access to men and women that they would never in a million years meet. You know what I'm saying? There's so many other factors and temptations and, you know, things where it's like, you can just look to your right or to your left, or you can be minding your business and end up in the fair. You know what I'm saying? So there's so many um, disruptive things today, especially if you're with a successful man or if you're with a financially stable man. For me, you know, my husband's not a public figure like like I am. So, you know, when people, st- women especially, saw that we were together, they're like, oh, Masika's going to be with somebody that got money. Let me hit his DMs. But listen, you I got saw this man before in your life. <laughs> so right. I, I do think it's difficult. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the question. I'm yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Put go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I was put a spin on it, but go ahead and answer. Let, let, we we got to be real here, okay? Because I feel like we, we're looking at the dynamic of society, okay? We know that as women are more successful and as women are more educated, which we know now Black women are leading in education, it and is more difficult businesses. for them to find men. Like, they have a hard time doing that. And especially when we think about women who are really career-driven, a lot of the traits that they have to have in order to be successful in their career, being leaders, being very strong-minded, being independent, those things will essentially clash with a man that we would say is successful by today's standards. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the whole alpha woman, alpha male thing that clashes. So yes, I do think personally it is challenging for women, especially Black women nowadays, to be with a man who is deemed successful. And then you also have to factor in that as he is more successful, he might have more options with other women. He might spend less time with you. Are we okay with accepting those things? The women who I know, they're not really okay with accepting those things. So I think that that's a a big thing as well. And how many times have we seen like a woman, even whether she's successful or not, with a successful man, gets cheated on and then you see people say oh well you know what that come with or oh well she should have known well he's this person or he guys what about this is it a lot of me no (laughs) is it is it wrong for men to marry us for money heck yeah i think so i think it is yes it's funny because um well when we when we're speaking about alpha males i'm sure there, there's men all different come all different cuts of cloth so <laughs> we're talking about alpha men like the thought of your woman being successful and you chasing her strictly because of her success isn't even something that crosses our mind because we feed off of providing and protecting. Like that is a part of- I'm a Jalal, but I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta interrupt you there because nowadays I'm still a single woman. Nowadays, men are looking for women. A lot. Bring something yeah. to the table. So look, there's, there's, a, there's, a difference between, there's a difference between being with a woman because of what she got and choosing someone because of compatibility. 
Those are two okay. different things. If you want to hide it under compatibility? Go right no, ahead. It's, 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 not, it's not hiding it. It's not hiding it. You know, I say it's not hiding it. Can, can we dig deeper into that? Can we dig deeper into that, though? When we look at what somebody may bring to the table, I'm going to go off of my sister, Masika. You know, she's a woman of God, so she's going to know what I'm talking about. When you're talking about people being equally yoked, that's not mm -hmm. a biblical term. That is when you have two ox that mm -hmm. are aligned together and they have to be the same size because they will sway off to one side or sway off to the other. You want them to move straight. So with that being said, when we use the word compatibility, that's what I mean when we say equally yoked. So are you saying that money is an issue of compatibility, though? If that is what hmm. you're focused on, absolutely. No. If that is something that's important, 100%. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when we're going back and we're talking about life insurance policies and we're talking about what your debt looks like and we want to, and that's something that's extremely important to you. And that's on your, on your, 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 your checked box list and things that are important because we all got a list. A lot of times that list actually doesn't even make sense once you find that person that actually is going to be the one that fulfills your heart. And that's a whole nother conversation for another day. But with that being said, I think it's interesting. Um, I want to revert back to a point that Masika said. She said she would choose the financial stability. And um, I do want to challenge you on this. And I want to challenge you strictly. Don't accept it. <laughs> you are a you're a woman of God. And being yeah. a woman of God, we are here to love strictly like that is what we are here. No, for. we're not. Okay, well, well, you show me. We're here to serve. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about. I challenge that a little bit. We're supposed to procreate and serve yeah. God. Yeah, That's I challenge that a little bit, sir. Serve, serve God and how we bring other people to God by doing what? Judging them, by or by loving them. Judge is not the opposite of love. Okay, <laughs> so what is the word then? What's the opposite of love? Hate. Okay, cool. So, do we bring people closer to God by hating or loving them? We're not. Well, that's not. Love is great. We're, you're supposed to love people, but I don't think that's a requirement. Um, well, again, you know, me, my husband all. and I, we've been studying love, uh, marriage in the biblical sense in order for us to be less, less self-serving. You know, early on in our marriage and, you know, still today, we go into these things where there's moments that he's not happy or I'm not happy. And that cannot cause us to disrupt our marriage or things we have to do the business we have to take care of so we've been studying like what god says about marriage and that's when i found out you know man has to love his wife a wife has to respect her husband and there's only two biblical reasons for divorce in, in the bible one is abandonment uh, and that can be physical or mental if you abandon your your spouse just leave physically or if you abandon your role you can still physically be there and not do your role or um the second is infidelity. infidelity those are the only two reasons god accepts divorce other than that he says you got to figure it out you know what i'm saying so again going back to your challenge which i grace gracefully <laughs> graciously accept um you know like i love my husband you guys, i do we gotta pay the bills when we come back from break we'll continue this conversation all right <laughs> welcome back so guys, since we're talking about love and marriage, I want to ask you this question. Is it possible to learn to love someone that you are not sexually attracted to since we're talking about marriage? Ooh. Mm -mm. That's I, a I tough mean, one. I can't my journey Ooh. yet. I can't. Yeah, that's it has a tough to be one. a level <laughs> of attraction. Yeah. I, I just yeah. can't. Yeah. So, so the thing about that and, and dealing with looking at research and dealing with couples who come in and out of relationships. Uh, Tanisha mentioned the, that one of the reasons people get divorced is uh, additions in weight, right? Like getting, getting a little thicker around the hips. So um, <laughs> I definitely understand that attraction can go in and out, you know, attraction can go in and out. Like like me, if, if I had a full, full locks like Jalan, and then suddenly I cut it off and got, got this dude, uh, you know, maybe she's not so interested, or maybe if my beard went away, maybe she's not interested, or maybe the gray came in, maybe she's not so hip on it. it well, whatever it is, attraction can come and go in a relationship. And that's what I think a lot of people forget about. Uh, we are in a society right now, and it's been this way for a long time, but I think we're transitioning slowly out of it to where we, we stop thinking of marriage as this commitment that you have to make for a lifetime uh, where we already know that 75% uh, of people who get in a first marriage end a divorce, uh, 
that yes, yeah, 75 percent. Uh, we literally know that the second the second divorce uh, marriage is normally 60 percent success rate, and the third is is averaging around 40. Uh, but the reason why that happens is because people go into it not thinking about all the things that are going into it. And the way a person looks to you, the way you feel about them sexually, the way you're attracted to them shifts. And you have to have those other things. Like what we said earlier, and this is why I think the sex component is so important to this. you got to average in, are they financially making me comfortable? Uh, are they emotionally making me feel uh, a part of this relationship and fulfilling those needs? There have to be all, a full range of things making the commitment make sense. But don't you feel like that's different than, uh, I see, yes, attraction will go in and out, but my understanding is we were talking about from the beginning, can you deal with someone that you're not sexually attracted to? My answer to that is no. I think that if I had that initial attraction, as time goes on and I love you, I'm a little bit more willing to overlook things that might not be my preference. But if you look like a toe or if you're a two on a scale of one to 10, I can't tell you that I'm going to overlook that and try to date you or marry you. I just, I, I personally am not, again, at that phase of my journey yet. It what matters. about the princess and the frog, you know? Okay. He's the one that was knocking fairy tales. You and the beast. I, 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 and I the feel beast. like, okay, all right. I, feel like I, have, I have had some relationships with some questionable looking creatures. And for me, like, there, there's... I can find you attractive and not be attracted to you. Yes. Or I can think you're not aesthetically pleasing to other people, but have a deep attraction to you. Yes. For me, attraction is different than just physical. I'm attracted to power. I'm attracted to powerful men that like just command respect and, you know, know how to take care of things in a calm way. I don't want the guy that's hooping and hollering trying to get the attention, but I want the one that you know you can't cross. That is attraction to me. There's been men that I've met that I'm like, physically, it wasn't there. But after conversation, after talking, it's like, ooh, ooh, that, that ugly nose kind of look good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, look, I'm telling you, I've been in love with a gorilla before, okay? So for me, attraction is very different. I cannot have a relationship with someone I'm not attracted to. And again, that may not start as physical, but it, it changes as physical. And the crazy thing with that, like, I could be just so overly attracted to you that I just, the second you do some, can I curse? <laughs> my attraction is done like i can't re-respect you once i lose respect for you yeah. so like you can still look the exact same but i'm like turned off don't want you to touch me type idea okay july what do you think yeah no nah, I, I i gotta be realistic from initial from initial just i'm looking at you and i'm not attracted to you Nah, no, that's well, no, no. It, as the as the relate. So, in the context of you're married, your wife has had a baby. Okay, see, this is, yeah. I had a baby three weeks ago. So I'll answer. I'll answer both of them. Initially, if I'm not attracted to you, we probably won't have. Um, probably won't have that baby. relationship, <laughs> right? But uh, we won't get to the baby part. But not, the, 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 uh, and I'll say this topic at hand of what we talked about. <laughs> this is why I would choose love because okay. after we have a child and you do gain a little bit of weight, like I don't just love you because your looks at that point. Like I really love you because maybe your looks is all you brought to the table. And that's something that we all see out here. I live in LA. So this is something that we all see out here is what women with men just because of their looks. Now let that woman get overweight. You know, he's out of there. Mm -hmm. Me personally, if I marry somebody, I'm marrying you because of your spirit, your soul, right. who you are, everything that's around you, your family, all of those things, all of that come with you. But so, you're not going to marry an ugly spirit, good spirited woman. Oh, I wouldn't even have an opportunity to find out. You know, <laughs> you I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But if my, wife, if my wife loses her legs, that's my wife. Right. So like, that's the decision back to the commitment I mean, that we talked about. That's where we're going to be at. But if it's a transaction and you're just a good looking woman and I'm, I'm funding your life and I'm cool with that. As soon as you gain that weight, I'm going to do it again with somebody else. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. What are well, your thoughts, sir? Uh, for me, I, I'm all about attraction. Uh, everything I believe, the whole world is about attraction. The whole universe is, is based on attraction. Everything comes in and comes out. 
And that's why I think uh, when we talk about just physical, we're so limiting in that because there's spiritual attraction, there's emotional attraction, there's uh, there's mental attraction. Sometimes you can be stimulated by someone's mind and the mm -hmm. way they think. Like I, I've listened to some really, I mean, just brilliant people talking. I'd be like, God, I, I, them, them overalls and and them them, them crazy glasses and and that messed up hair and that buck tooth. But they, something, something, something. Yeah. No, there's something. You know. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 about that. And so when you think about uh, attraction, that's why in relationships you literally have to have something that you're always attracted to with your partner. I, I always coach couples about that. Find something. If the if the physical shifts, uh, you know, find out their hustle is attractive. You know, oh, God, man, you just go to work and you make things happen. I see your drive, your ambition is attractive. Find something that's always attractive. For me, for me, attraction is definitely more than the physical. So that's why I don't really get hung up on it. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, we like shiny things. We like things that look good. We like it done the right way. Of course, that's human nature. But at the end of the day, when we are broke, busted, and disgusted ourselves deep down inside, we want somebody that feels attractive to our souls. And that's what I go for at the end, at the end of the night. All right, guys. So let's get back to this money, right? Yeah. <laughs> money, money, money. Talk about the money. If one person in a relationship earns more money than the other, should they consider a prenup? Ooh. Hell yeah. Let's jump in first on that one. Hell yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Can I say that? Hell yeah, real good. That's not cussing. Um, so I say yes. I say yes always. And here's why. Because when people go in without a prenup at all, no, no kind of, there's all different ways to have a prenup. You, it, people think about the big kind, you just, you know, it's, it's yours, it's mine, period. But there's ways to word a prenup so that you can create some level of stability in the relationship and you take the pressure off of thinking this person's only in it for what I have. Um, understand that the person who has more may subconsciously be thinking, even if they haven't verbally expressed it, that this person's only with me for what I have. And so it takes that out the out the out, that question out of the room if we're able to agree that my money is still mine. If we are talking about percentages of marriages that end on the first or second run, so if this ends and it has a high likelihood it may, then you're not here just for that. But listen, Byron, shouldn't we be talking about that in the vetting process when we're choosing our partners, right? If this person is only with me for my money, shouldn't we oh, be yeah. that before we get is to it, I, You know, Halloween is, we're in that season of Halloween and Masqueria, <laughs> you know, Masqueria. Yeah. People know how to put on a good show about the love for the love for the love, but it's, it's some people, they really are in it just for the love of the money. Uh, for the love of the security, for the love of the the, the power, right? Mashika, uh, we talked about that. So whatever you're in it for, people can put on a front like they're not in it for that. And so oh, yeah. uh, once that mask oh, yeah. comes off, having a prenup will save you from All somebody right, taking advantage of you. We got to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Chanel Scott, and I'm filling in for Tammy tonight. So before we went to break, we was talking about should we get a prenup, a prenup or not? So I want to jump to the ladies. Masika, what are your thoughts on the prenup? Well, before I got married, I was so vehemently opposed to a prenup because I felt like that's planning for a divorce. And like, you know, if we're getting married, it's forever, forever. Um, but after being married, I see other reasons to have one kind of like what 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 byron said you know the divorce rate is so high and people put their these masks on when it's not just halloween you know mm -hmm. I, we've all been fooled by someone or maybe you fooled somebody you know so you want to be able to love and trust and believe the person to the best of your ability but what if they're in it for other reasons or have ulterior ulterior motives but also a prenuptial agreement is not just to protect you to protect your assets it's also to be fair to share you know what i'm saying so let's say you have someone that has more today in the relationship but 10 years from now let's say the other person has more of the assets you know what i mean so how do you figure out you know what's fair and what's right not just if you're divorced but through, throughout the course of the marriage if i'm coming in with properties and and assets and you're coming in with you know art and jewelry and all of these things how are we going to you know split that up if we go buy property, if I buy a property while we're married, is that just mine? 
if we you know buy a property together, is it 50-50? Whatever the case may be. I may, you know, want to make sure if God forbid if anything happens and we separate, I want to make sure as, as a husband that my wife, my ex-wife is still taken care of or vice versa. It just, it just helps. So the nastiness doesn't occur, okay. um, you know, and you, you have to spell out your finances and find and assets and be, it's, it's even good just to be transparent. A lot of times the couples come together, you don't know what the other person has. So okay, I think that I, starting off transparent is really good. Transparency is exceptional. So, Jalan, what are your thoughts? I'm I'm in agreement. You know, okay. I, I I wish I wish I could have went the other way. I'm in agreement. Um, I'm in agreement from a different angle, though. And I say I'm in agreement from a different angle because let's say you going into a relationship and you guys don't have all of those things. Let's say the only thing you guys got is one of you guys got two hundred thousand dollars in debt and you want to buy a home. Now, if you hmm. guys marry, that debt is on both of you guys if you don't have a prenup. So just having a prenup is, allows at least one of you guys to be able to buy that home so you guys could potentially begin to build your wealth together. So I'm a, I'm a fan of prenups. You know, it's something that I've talked about with my girl, and we talked about it, and we ran back and forth through it, and it's not the worst thing in the world, as as both of you guys said. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for them. All right. Tanisha, what are your thoughts on the prenup? I agree. I mean, I think just looking at the numbers, it makes logical sense to have a prenup. You know, you can love a friend and go into a business partnership with them, but you're still going to have a contract to protect both parties. Um, I don't necessarily think I would have a prenup that says that if we split, I'm not getting anything, but we could come up with our own arrangements. And that's mostly because if I'm a wife and I'm supporting you the way that I should, me nurturing you or helping you stay organized, taking care of the finances, even though you might be doing the legwork for other things, I'm still contributing to things that help make you be successful. So I do think that mm -hmm. you should still protect yourself and make sure you're not giving everything to a partner who might just dip and you spent all that time and you and you get nothing in the long run. Uh, but also if I was a stay-at-home mom, definitely have to have a prenup that protects me because I'm jeopardizing my career. I'm staying home. I'm taking care of the kids. I'm not advancing in that way to make sure our house is secure. So I have to make sure I'm secure too. So a prenup is okay for me. Okay. So guys, before we end this conversation, it's time for the favorite part of the show, the lighting round, where we give our guests one last chance to give their point, to get their points across. So y'all have 30 seconds. Are you guys ready? Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jalan, we'll start with you. I'm big on speaking to qualities in the person that you like. So for example, if you think, oh, I want somebody with money, right? That may be what you think. Having money is not a quality. Having ambition is, having drive is, having discipline is. And the reason why I say those qualities is because those can transfer over to other things. That discipline for being there for you and the family, that discipline for making sure they wake up and they take care of you guys out of support of not just this is just what he does, but he's disciplined in his family. He's disciplined in his career growth. He's disciplined with his love. He's disciplined with his money. And all of those things transfer over. And I think it's really important just for all the listeners. I think it's really important to look at the qualities in those things that you like from somebody rather than just looking at the end result of what that looks like. Okay. Tanisha? Um, I think at the end of the day, I think everything is about balance. Everything in the universe is about balance. So I don't think I would ever pick love over money. Money isn't going to keep you warm at night when you're having hardships in your relationships, but also love isn't going to pay the bills if the person doesn't have money. So it's all about waking up, choosing your partner, loving them and the feeling, the emotional sense, but choosing them every single day, the action sense, like we said before. Okay, Masika? Marriage is a beautiful thing, but it is still a contract, which is a business agreement arrangement. Love is a beautiful thing, but it is not the only thing. It is not the thing that's going to sustain you. I think the marriage is amazing if two people are coming together and agreeing to serve each other and not be self-serving. There will be days where one or both of you will not be happy, and there still has to be other factors that keep you there, keep you together, keep you fighting, and keep working towards the relationship. All right. Byron? Marriage is hard, and uh, if there is no love, it's going to be hard. But if there are financial issues, it's going to be hard as well. Just basing it on one or the other is always going to end in failure, though. Um, e research even shows that emotional uh, well-being doesn't increase past making $75,000.
So if you're basing it on what somebody brings in, oh, they, they make this much or this much, emotionally, you, you, financially, you may be stable and, and secure, but emotionally, it doesn't mean they're going to be any better. So marrying for both is always the way to go. All right, guys, I appreciate you guys so much. Before we get to the end, though, Byron, real quick, tell us about your book, How to Heal a Hoe. <laughs> so, yes, I actually have a book called How to Heal a Hoe. Uh, it is a book that helps people overcome the uh, sexual stigmatization that's out there, heal from sexual trauma and shame. A lot of people are wrestling with things of their past uh, that have happened to them or things they've done that have made them feel like a hoe. And so I'm trying to help heal some hoes out in the world. I always say a hoe is just a human open to experiences. Okay. In fact, you can't <laughs> even be a hoe unless you had an experience. So right. go get the book. It's on Amazon and on my site. Masika, what about your projects? Kari Barbie Beauty and the Stock Market Tips from a bad Yes. Bitch. Well, I have <laughs> my workbook I wrote during the pandemic, Stock Market Tips from a Bad Bitch. And, you know, this book is your Stock Market Tips 101. It's a planner slash tutorial that shows you how to navigate the stock market so you can truly get out of debt and gain wealth and build um, generational wealth for your family, children, and just really change your life. You know, there's a saying that says, if you want to hide something from black people, put it in a book. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've been trying to invest for four years. I had I had financial advisors and wealth advisors, Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, and I wasn't okay. making anything, you All know, right, John, so. I'm sorry, we got to move it on, guys. We, gonna, we only have a few more seconds. Delon? Like the show, I'm in the business of being black as well. You can catch me on Nice and Neat on audio platforms on Wednesday at noon and Thursday at noon on YouTube. So you can catch us there, being able to talk about all things black and 360-degree development of black men. Tynesha? Yes, yes. So my platform on YouTube is Tynesha Talks. I am an Atlanta-based creator. So if you like this discussion, you'll love my channel. I talk about love, dating, sex, relationships, and overall just how we can heal the Black community. So check me out. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. And guys, you can check out my show tonight on Fox Soul at 10 p.m. Ministry, a relationship platform. We'll be dealing with the alpha female meets her match. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.